Well, good morning, Luminous Church. My name is Victoria Fontenot, and I have the pleasure of being one of the worship leaders here at Luminous. And I'm just so excited to share a message in this Modern Miracle series with you all. So I used to think that healing was only miraculous if it took place in an instant. Anyone else ever feel like that? If you're watching online, you can put like a hand up emoji to say like, yeah, me too. Um, but I had this expectation that if God did not heal right away, then he wasn't moving and it wasn't real healing and there wasn't a miracle happening and what was the point? Um, and that a lot of that probably had to do with me being an impatient person. Um, but what I want to share with you all today is that there are actually different types of healing and they are all displayed in Matthew 8 and they are all miraculous. So the three types of healing I want to share with you all are healing over time, instantaneous healing, and healing of the soul. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 8, Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read verses 5 through 13. The faith of a centurion. When he had entered Capernaum, Jesus, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In, outer darkness. in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the, and the servant was healed at that very moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that is truth and life. God, I pray that every heart here, every ear here would be open to receive what you have for us this morning. Have your way in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So for those of you who don't know, I've been a teacher for the last 10 years, an English teacher, and I love etymologies and definitions and peeling back layers of meaning. And because of this, I have such an interest in the Greek meanings of words within scripture. So when the Bible was originally translated into English from Greek, there were a few words that, though they had different nuanced meanings, they all were translated into the word heal. And the first one I want to share with you is therapuo. And therapuo is healing over time. And we see this word in verse 7 when Jesus says, I will come and heal him. We also see this word in Luke, the Gospel of Luke 8-2, where there are a group of women who were healed of evil spirits and healed of their infirmities. Now that word therapuo, found in Luke and then in verse 7 of Matthew 8, is used, or um, that word therapy is where we get the word therapy. And as you know, therapy is where there are repeated visits to a physician until a cure for a physical or emotional ailment is had. Now this implies for the woman who in, uh, in um, Luke 8, 2, this implies 
that these women made frequent visits to Jesus until they were completely healed of uh, their infirmities and completely freed from the evil spirits. And it may not have happened right away, but they remained faithful and faith-filled as they continued to pursue the only one who they knew could heal them completely. Now, Jesus, in this moment in our text, was offering to Therapuo, the centurion's servant, which would require Jesus to go to the centurion's house, who was a Gentile. And you can suggest also that Jesus was offering to come to his house on more than one occasion in order to heal his servant. Now, I think that knowing God and seeing his pattern since the beginning, he has always desired relationship with us. And I think that in understanding Therapuo and knowing that Jesus was more than able to heal instantaneously like he ends up doing, he offered to Therapuo, the centurion servant, as an invitation to relationship with him and a way to create intimacy and closeness with the centurion and with his servant during that process of healing. And you can see that in the, with the group of women in Luke, those women ended up becoming followers of Jesus. They even contributed to his ministry financially, and that was no doubt because of the relationship and the closeness and the intimacy that was built during those repeated visits to Jesus when they were receiving healing from him. Now, this is such an encouragement to me. Therapeutic is such an encouragement to me because I love seeing that Jesus healed in this way on earth, while he walked the earth because we more often see this type of healing, the healing that takes time in our context in, you know, in 2021. And I used to get so discouraged because I'd read the Bible and say, oh, they were healed, they were healed. And it all seems like it was in a snap and it was done. So I can shout. <laughs> I would look around myself and see a family member who was struggling with a disease and they had to take medication for it, but we were leaving for healing and it wasn't happening. Or I'd get frustrated when I had a hurt that someone caused me and I forgave that person and the Lord healed me of that pain, but still when I'd remember it every so often or when it was still kind of fresh, I'm like, Lord, you healed me of this. Or I forgave that person. Like, why am I still feeling this way? And I'd have to go to the Lord in prayer and I'd take it back to him and speak and claim healing over myself and healing over that hurt. And I was like, why is this not happening like it says in the Bible? I thought it was healed. Well, the Bible says that we're being perfected in God's image, and God is still working and healing us as we go to him with our pain and our struggles and our sin. Or we'll take time to, to heal. Think of it as an opportunity for intimacy with God, going to him for the first time in prayer, or the 10th time, or the 100th time, and allow him to therapuo that very thing that needs healing. James 1, 2, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, that you may be perfect and complete So maybe you're in the middle of a season of healing, and God has not healed something quickly enough for you. Don't give up. Don't put your hands up and say, what's the point? I keep going in prayer. I keep asking God to heal this thing, and, and he's not doing it, and I don't know why that is. And, you know, we get so deflated and discouraged. 
Know that God is still working. Don't miss an opportunity for closeness, for intimacy with the Lord through Therapuo healing. Now, the second type of healing is Eiomai, and this is instantaneous healing. And we see this in verse 8. So the centurion responded by asking for Jesus to Eiomai his servant. So again, in English, we still see the word heal, but they have different meanings. So he asked Jesus to Eiomai his servant, believing that because of Jesus' authority, he could command healing to fall on his servant's body, having faith that it could be done even without Jesus being physically present. Now, the centurion not only had faith in what Jesus could do, but in who he was as we see him address Jesus with the word Lord. Um, in verse 6, he says, Lord, my servant is ill. And then he says, Lord, I'm not worthy to, be, to have you in my, under my roof in verse 8. Seeing and addressing Jesus as Lord is the centurion submitting to him as master and ruler. You know, in different commentaries, as I was uh, studying this text, one of the common things I read about the centurion is that he was a great and noble leader and was faithful to the Jewish people and to the Jewish faith. And in Luke's account, the Gospel of Luke, it says that he helped build the synagogue. He helped build the temple for the Jewish people. And then now here he is, a Gentile Roman centurion, standing before Jesus, the Son of God, a Jew, bringing his request to him. The centurion says to Jesus that he is unworthy of him to come to his home, and he refuses to allow the Lord to, to come to his house and under his roof. And it was seen during that time that if you were a Jew, you would be made unclean if you were to enter a Gentile's home. And the centurion, having this knowledge and understanding and awareness, didn't want to bring Jesus into that situation. Now, you may be wondering, well, Jesus ended up not going. He healed him from afar. Like, why did he not insist on intimacy? We just talked about how therapy was so wonderful, you know. Well, Jesus didn't say, no, I'm coming anyway. You and I are going to be close, and you're going to get to know me. He didn't do that. You've heard the phrase, God is a gentleman. He won't force himself on you. And that is true to his character even in this verse. Jesus provided an invitation to relationship, but it's up to us to respond, Right? The centurion did, however, had faith, and Jesus was amazed by the faith of the centurion. And he says that he, as he says, he could heal his servant even from being afar. Now, Jesus does so. He meets the centurion where his faith is, and he answers the centurion's prayer as he comes to him on behalf of his servant. And we see that in verse 3. He says, uh, the word heal there is eiomai. In verse 13, I'm sorry, not 3. So Jesus, E-I-O-M-I, is his servant after all. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now in Matthew, the centurion had faith in Jesus and he was rewarded for seeking after him, both with the healing of his servant, but also he was rewarded with eternal life, which leads me to my next point, the next type of healing, which is sozo. Sozo is healing of the soul. And it's translated, of course, into the word heal, but it's also often translated into the word save or salvation, um, and specifically to be saved from certain death. And I want to point out verse 25 of Matthew 8, where it says, or where Jesus and his disciples, they're continuing their journeys. They go into the Sea of Galilee. They're in a boat and a torrentous storm begins to take place, and their boat is being flooded with water, and 
this, the disciples go and wake Jesus saying, this is verse 25, save us, Lord, we are perishing. They were terrified for their lives and they truly believed that they would certainly die. Mark 5.34 also uses sozo. And he uses this word when, he, when we see the woman with the issue of blood who is unclean. She goes from being an outcast in society to welcomed into the family of God. Jaren shared a couple of Sundays ago how she made her way through the crowds and she clung to Jesus' garment and she received healing. Now the use of the word sozo in that verse when Jesus, is, when Jesus says, your faith has made you well, indicates two things. It indicates both her physical healing, and it also indicates her spiritual healing. Her faith in Jesus, her physical healing, became her faith in him for salvation from all sin, all at the same time. And that's what we all need. We all need salvation from our sin. We need sozo healing. And this is what Jesus was referencing in Matthew 8, 10, and 11, where he says that the centurion, a Gentile, would be included in eternal life with him because of his great faith in Jesus. Now, it's extremely controversial for Jesus to say something like this, where he's mentioning that a Gentile would be in heaven, and a Gentile who's not a Jew. But it underscores the truth that it's by nothing else but our faith in Jesus that we are saved. Amen? Now, I was able to experience all three types of these healings in 2017 when I was in a car accident that should have taken my life. It was my sister's birthday, we were at a friend's house and it got late, it was time to go home and we were literally across town from where we lived. And uh, my sister was driving, I sat in the back seat, no one else was in the car and I had slept on the road trip home. And we were about five minutes from home when, uh, when a drunk driver enters onto the highway through the exit ramp. Now, we're going the normal 70 miles an hour, and then the drunk driver, I mean, is going fast, too. And the car in front of us gets out of the way just in time, but it's much too late for us, and we hit head-on on Highway 90. And I just want to point out, my sister was in the front seat, and she did not have any sort of critical condition or life-threatening injuries. Her hand went through the windshield, and she injured her foot, and she had soreness in her body. But thank you, Jesus, that that was pretty much it for her. Now, because of the impact and the angle that we uh, hit, I had the brunt of the uh, impact, and I suffered a lot of injuries. I broke nine ribs. My sternum, which connects your rib cage, broke off, and I lacerated my spleen and liver. My clavicle was um, uh, broken, and my lung began to collapse, and my inanimate artery, which is part of the, or comes from the aorta, uh, was torn. So, and I'm asleep, so I wake up to this incredible pain in my chest and super confused, and like, what is going on? I couldn't recall seeing, like, smoke, and I'm like, Julia, the car's catching on fire, and I'm so confused with, it's kind of funny to me now, if y'all are like, oh, don't laugh. <laughs> but, I mean, it was terrifying in the moment, but um, I could not, I just could not gather my thoughts, and I was like, what is this pain? And I could not breathe, of course, with my lung collapsing and with my inanimate artery torn, I was essentially hemorrhaging internally. And we immediately, like this sounds like a whole long time, but impact, wake up, 
we just immediately start calling out to Jesus. We start crying out Jesus and praying in English, praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, calling out to the one who we know who can save us in this moment of desperation. And I had this incredible pain, and I can't tell you, I can't describe it to you any more. I can't describe it better than saying that I felt my life escaping me. And I couldn't breathe, and my, I was saying, Julie, I can't breathe, and I'm struggling, and my sister reaches back from the front seat. She goes, Tori, give me your hand. God still has a plan for us. And I just love that my sister spoke a word of truth and life in a moment where certain death was evident. So finally the ambulance comes, they load us into the ambulance, we're rushing to the hospital, and I begin to hyperventilate because my condition is worsening, and, and I remember thinking, am I going to die? Like, what is going on? I can't, I just felt this incredible pressure and pain, and, and in that moment when I thought, am I going to die? This is it, I'm gonna die. Like, I remember thinking that, my sister said, Victoria, with long life, he satisfies us. I didn't say I was going to die, I thought it, but my sister, just totally an instrument of the Lord in that moment, said, with long life, he satisfies us. And church, the peace of God, right, the peace that surpasses all understanding, just fell on me in that moment. I remember feeling just the stillness and the perfect peace of God. And even Julia said, oh, you went from like hyperventilating and making all kinds of noises to just still and quiet. That is the peace that God gives. Now, the amazing thing is that they were expecting me to stay in the hospital for one to two months, but by God's grace alone, I was able to leave in eight days. And not on a, oh, we hope she'll be okay, you know, but it was really, yes, amen, thank the Lord. That is such a tremendous thing that he did for me. But with confidence, man, you're good to go home eight days later, which was a shock to everyone. And they were also amazed. I got to go to a follow-up appointment with my surgeon, and this is just such a faith-building memory that I have. I went to meet with a surgeon who worked on my heart um, in the OR. And he sat me down and he's showing me these images. He's like, okay, so we gotta tell you, when you, when you came into the OR room, when we opened you up, we like paused and the other surgeon and I looked at each other. When we saw your heart, we looked at each other in disbelief because we could not believe that you didn't bleed out. He said, your anonymous artery was not partially severed or torn. It was completely obliterated, like a small explosion. He said, and I don't know if you believe in miracles, but there's no way that you should have survived, he said. And of course, I was like, oh, crying. But that's incredible. That was sozo healing. The Lord saved me from certain death, at the same time healing me instantaneously with EIMI as blood continued to run through my body when it should have run out. I love EIMI healing because we, as we see in the story with the centurion's servant, God can heal without being physically present. And just as the single word, Jesus did it without going to the house. He has that kind of authority. My sister and I did not receive a laying on of hands in the middle of the highway at the scene. There were no people gathering around us in prayer physically in that moment. But our family and our friends and this church and our global movement of churches came together praying and interceding on behalf of my sister and me. People in South Africa and Philippines and all over Europe and, and in uh, South America, all over the United States coming together. And the Lord responded to a faith-filled 
and faithful people who were believing for something miraculous to take place, even when it seemed like a complete impossibility. Now, I got to tell you, church, because you're like, well, it's, that's great for you, but what about, you know, just, you don't always hear these kinds of miracle stories. Well, I have to say, even if God did not save my life that day, even if he didn't heal me the way that he did, I am confident that I would have been one of those reclining at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because he already completed that sozo healing. That's the most important thing, is that I would have been with Jesus, my Savior and my Lord. I already experienced that sozo healing and responded to the invitation to faith in him, to follow him. So after I left the hospital, went home, right, eight days later, I dealt with depression and I recognized it because in my teen years, there was like a good bunch of time that I uh, was like depressed. And I recognized that again. And part of my testimony in my teen years was like, man, I was depressed, but God gave me joy. And here I am in 2017 without that joy that I loved and clung to and, and knew was from God. So I went into my closet and I got on my knees and I was praying, Lord, I don't feel the joy that I know you've given me that I know comes from you and I should be so thankful and I should be overwhelming with overwhelmed with joy because of the miracle you've done but I just feel so apathetic toward everything I don't really feel anything sometimes and so I'm just here to receive your joy just pour it out over me God I'm, I'm, I'm laying everything down heal me of this feeling and then I got up from that closet and I left feeling the same way I didn't feel the fullness of joy and the next day, I went back to my closet, and I got on my knees again. Lord, I'm, I'm here again, God. I'm here to receive. I'm laying down these feelings and these dark thoughts of death and these emotions, and, and I receive the joy that only comes from you, God. I'm here to receive. And I get up not feeling a difference, not having the fullness of joy. And I go back again and again, faithful and faith-filled, meeting with the Lord, even when I didn't see a change or feel a difference, but I was just confident knowing that he could restore the joy that I had before. And I entered into that prayer closet for weeks, every single day, until one day I did receive the joy that I knew. I was filled to overflowing, and I began to laugh just uncontrollably, and I clearly heard the Lord say, Victoria, there is joy in the waiting because that's where I am. That was a real-life understanding of James 1, 2 to 4, right? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you experience trials of many kinds. And that was also a real-life experience of Therapuo. Through Therapuo healing, I was going to God, faithful, right? Continuing to go. I don't see a difference. I don't think I want to come see this doctor anymore. They're not doing any change. No, faithful to know that the Lord would do the miracle. And faith-filled, completely trusting that he would do it. You, in therapeutic healing, you're getting to draw near to the Lord and come to him and visit with him and develop intimacy with him as you pursue uh, him in that process of healing. And yes, EIMI, which is instantaneous healing, and therapeutic, which is healing over time, are both aspects of what Jesus came to do. Ultimately, though, he came for sozo healing, which is the healing of our soul and our salvation from certain eternal death. Now Matthew 1:21 says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Save, that word save is sozo. 
These are the words of an angel who appears to Joseph in a dream to tell of Jesus' purpose, foreshadowing that he is the Messiah, the one who would save his people from eternal separation from God. Jesus lived a perfect life, and he died a horrific death in our place. And the word says that by his stripes, we are healed. He's already paid it all. He's already made a way. All we have to do is respond and say yes and be faithful and faith-filled and believe for his perfect plan and will for our lives. So I want to invite you to sit in silence for no more than a minute. And we're going to ask the Lord to show us an area of our life that needs healing. And having full faith that God's going to reveal it to us in this moment, we're just going to believe and just quiet our minds, quiet ourselves, and just listen for the voice of God as he makes that revelation to us. He's going to do it. Let's do that now. pray for all of us in this room. First, I want to pray for those who are believing for Sozo healing, who really feel like the Lord is drawing him nearer to them, and who are ready to respond to faith, the invitation to faith in Jesus. And then after that, I'll pray for us and, and close us out right after. On the screen, you're going to see something called the prayer of salvation. And many of you have prayed this prayer before, but maybe this is the first time that you're about to pray this and you really feel led to do it, I say to you, do it with full faith and just earnestly mean every word that is up there and make it a declaration for yourself to follow the Lord. And if you've already prayed this before, I invite you to pray it again as a redeclaration of faith as we pray alongside those who are, who are inviting Jesus and responding to his invitation for the first time. So let's pray together. It says, Heavenly, or you can repeat after me if it's not on the screen. Let's repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that the separation between us is because of my sin. I confess that I have sinned and fallen far short of your glory. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to pay the penalty for my sin. I believe that he died on the cross for me. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I am sorry for my sins and ask you to forgive and cleanse me. I want to turn away from everything the Bible calls sin and receive Jesus as my Lord, Master, and Savior. Help me to love, serve, and obey you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the revelation of the fact that there's different types of healing, Lord. Thank you for Therapuo healing, that some of us realized we are in the middle of it, when we're in the middle of currently. Thank you for the way you've already done miraculous works, Lord. Thank you for healing our souls and giving us eternal life, which is our greatest reward. I pray that you would just help us to not forget the ways in which you've shown us your love and grace. Lord, help us to be faithful and faith-filled as we continue in our relationship with you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.